I'm Scott Dorwood. And I'm Matt Sanderson. And you can find out more about us at blasphemoustomes.com. And this week we're going to talk about the Cthulhu Mythos skill. The Cthulhu Mythos skill is a mainstay of the Call of Cthulhu game. It's been there since the first edition. It's tied into the background, it's tied in with the very concept of what the game is about. Um, it's, it's an essential mechanic, um, uh, but with the new 7th edition, there are going to be some new facets to it. But before we get into that, uh, Matt, why don't you give us uh, an overview of traditionally what it's been used for in, in older editions? Well, at least when I've run games previously, I've catered to an audience that already knows a lot about the mythos in general before they've even sat down at the game table. So my way is to use... Cthulhu Mythos when I've run 6th Ed or previous um, to give a spin on events that I've presented in game to put it in terms that a player might necessarily not have thought of previously but basically give, reveals that underlying Mythos content such as for example you could describe good old good adage here um, you could describe a lot of trees that you think hang on a second that one over there was that stood in the, stood in the path a minute ago no that can't be right um, you roll the mythos skill to see if you know the concept of what a dark young might be. And again, just lay that seed of, it might not actually be a dark young, it might just actually be that they've just realised a tree that's just in the wrong place. Or that they they think they've seen it one place where it's another, but actually lay that seed of paranoia. So partly it's messing with the messing with the players in some instances, but also you can use it for them to re- reveal that next layer of the onion, to reveal a bit more a bit more of a piece of the truth that's hiding behind the facet, what behind the facade of what they're seeing. And, and how about for players who aren't necessarily as experienced? Um, then it's providing a lot more weirdness to the situation, basically opening up to say that you know, your character might know of this, by the way, this means X, Y, and Z, beyond that, and then probably forcing them to make a stand check afterwards. So, say, there's suddenly this realisation of, no, there is a lot of crazy stuff out there. There's a lot, there's a lot of menace of man was not meant to know, and it replicates the, the effect that that has upon the human mind, especially for one that's not quite so initiated. Can, can you think of any examples from games you've run or been in? Of the latter? Yeah. Uh, there was one that I ran a fair while ago, a Delta Green game, actually, set in the British Library. Um, one of the players had heard of The King in Yellow, but thought, didn't know it was actually part of the mythos. Um, they read the works of Robert W. Chambers, and I think they're actually a classical lit- um, literary scholar, um, yeah. student, rather, at the time. Um, he sits down and says... Hang on a minute, Casilda, Camilla, these names seem somewhat familiar. So I get him to make the uh, make the skill roll. So yeah, there is this play, and so he said, "Oh, yeah, the King in Yellow." Yes. And by the way, you know it has. Um, you know what they say in the stories um, that Chambers wrote that breathing it turns you mad. Yes. There you go. Give me a sand roll. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but also, I'm. Traditionally, but perhaps, uh, Paul, you want to elaborate on this. The um, it, it's also tied in with the sanity mechanic. 
Yeah, the method of gaining Cthulhu Mythos skill, um, perhaps we should talk a little bit about how a character learns Cthulhu Mythos skill. It can be gained um, from encounters, first-hand encounters with Cthulhu Mythos entities, uh, perhaps deep ones, anything that might send you over the brink. So in your first episode of Insanity, you gain five points of Cthulhu Mythos skill. In subsequent episodes, you gain, I think, one point of Cthulhu Mythos knowledge. So... If it was enough to drive you mad, it's enough that you've kind of gained some knowledge about the uh, the Cthulhu mythos. I, I I remember you know there's examples of spells being learned in the book by um, gods or godlike entities transmitting them to the minds of humans. Yeah. Does, does that ever happen with the Cthulhu mythos skill as well? Matt's no. nodding. Yeah, yeah I was going to say you, you, not, no, you, you ran it for us in when we played Tatters of the King. That it was my blessing from Shabnigarath that I'm being blessed by the God gave me the spell. Someone can um, someone bind Dark Young. That can happen. Though, that there you go. You do. Yes, <laughs> obviously, Scott. Yes, yes. The, the answer is quite clear. <laughs> but but that gave you Cthulhu Mythos skill as well, did it? Yes, I had a fair bit to begin with as well. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think it gave me another five points from memory, uh, similar to the original insane, in, um, insane insight. And obviously, Cthulhu Mythos skill can also be gained from reading tomes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're a clear channel to uh, that, that kind of knowledge. And the Insane Asylum as well. Indeed. <laughs> um, so I think from things that might cause insanity, Mythos sources of, and from tomes. Would you get it anywhere else? Maybe directly from a, a god. Mm. I can't think of any other source off the top of my head. And of course, the other way it ties in with the sanity mechanic is that it acts as a cap on your maximum sanity uh, as well. So you've got the uh, your, your sanity can never go above ninety nine minus your Cthulhu Mythos. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we, the more we, you know about Cthulhu Mythos, the, the nearer you are to insanity. Yeah, we we covered this in the insanity episode a, a few weeks back, but but yes, I mean that that's that's quite a, a strong thematic idea for for the game. Yeah. My own understanding of the Cthulhu Mythos skill is rather than it being an accumulation of knowledge in which one might have read a tome or encountered, well, let's say you you were driven insane in that encounter with ghouls and you've got 5% Cthulhu Mythos knowledge, any future um, times that you may need to call upon that skill, it may be to um, see if you know something about former spawn or or Yogg-Sothoth. But how would of having encountered ghouls impart that knowledge to you. Personally, I don't think it is an accumulation of knowledge and facts. I think it can be regarded more as um, like a rend in the veil. So, you know, that 5% Cthulhu Mythos skill is a small hole you can peer, your mind can peer through into what the Cthulhu Mythos, the, the real nature of the universe actually is. And you've got a, a a slight grasp on that now. It's kind of broken your mind a little bit so that it doesn't necessarily kind of think in the in the normal human patterns. So by that kind of understanding, yeah, you may kind of have a grasp of um, Yogg-Sothoth or, or various other mythos um, aspects. And that also ties in quite nicely with you know the the contradictory nature sometimes of canon in in Lovecraft's work that you know in in different stories you might have different implications of what a shocketh is or you know what Lang is or something like that or the old uh, ones yeah 
Uh, and, and yeah, so the, the the fact that you know you're getting a glimpse into this kind of kaleidoscopic uh, chaos of um, that, yeah, that, that is beyond human understanding, uh, the, the the fact that these elements, these terms, these ideas contradict each other or you know, seem to shift in meaning seems entirely appropriate. And ultimately, yeah, if you, if that veil is totally rent asunder, then it's your mind can't cope with it. Yeah, hence insanity that you are driven over the edge. Mm. But it's the bombarding of things that the human brain was not meant to process, at least not in that fashion. Yeah, I mean, to some extent as well. They, I mean, they, there's also the, the sort of existential aspect of it as well. But, um, you know, perhaps the human mind can't cope with, you know, just the concept of its, you know, sheer insignificance uh, within, you know, this boundless universe. It's mm. insignificance in the face of uh, the great old ones. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it, in some ways, it, I, it never quite occurred to me before, but it's very much a similar idea to the total perspective vortex from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. You know, same thing. You know, you get an insight into your true significance in the universe, and it destroys your brain. A little sign saying you are here. Yes. <laughs> Actually, this does remind me of a scene that we played fairly recently as well, in which a uh, an avatar of Neartheltep begins by explaining the nature of the universe and. Uh, after one minute of hearing him speaking, roll one d10. Congratulations, you've lost that, lost that much sanity and gained that much mythos. Yes, yes. And that, well, that was the way the gaining of the skill was defined: is that you are realizing your place in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very potent idea. Another analogy might be that uh, your car might run on petrol, but when you put diesel in it, it screws it up. So you've got a normal human understanding of the universe, but when you start putting the uh, the diesel that is the mythos knowledge into it it starts to wreck it um, and it can't take it, it just won't run on it properly the square struggle and try and make sense of it but uh, ultimately it just messes it up the square peg tries to get hammered into the round hole yeah yeah so you won't go very far if you put azathoth in your petrol tank it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be a that's gonna be a very big petrol tank. Well, they've been trying to look for uh, for cold fusion for years. Okay, there's my next scenario. <laughs> As a thought in a petrol tank. Jeremy Clarkson at the wheel. <laughs> yeah, sod tigers. You can put Azathoth on it. <laughs> God, I'm showing my age there. <laughs> so we've discussed the Cthulhu Mythos skill as a way of just giving information to the players about what's going on. But there's there's perhaps a bit more to it than that, isn't there, Paul? Yeah, a little. Uh, the default use of it is perhaps that the investigators find some evidence of uh, the mythos, uh, secondary evidence of creatures, uh, perhaps um, slime on a wall, some sort of um, claw marks, and, and so forth. And the keeper might then ask for a Cthulhu mythos uh, role to see if they can determine what would have caused that. Um, what would have left that evidence behind? It, it, it almost uh, parallels, for example, the natural world skill. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you look at a series of tracks. If it's a bear, you make your natural you know, natural world track. Exactly. You know it's a bear. Yeah. Um, if it's a bayaki, yeah, you make your, your Cthulhu mythos roll and then run away. Yeah. How well do you know Sandy Peterson's Field Guides to Monsters? Well, on page 54. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Another thing that makes the Cthulhu Mythos skill unusual is the fact that beginning characters don't start with it, and you start at a level of zero. Um, so, oh, why, why is this, Matt? 
Well, it's written into the core of the game that it's supposed to be the real and um, the gradual realization of the average Joe you meet on the street that is their descent into unveiling the true meaning of the world. Which I do break that little paragraph by in some most scenarios that I write, at least one or two people in the scenario do actually start with a mythos score because it provides a handle on being able to provide a revelation later on down the line. Admittedly, that's that they have normally for convention games and one shots to help facilitate moving the thing forward but in a ongoing campaign i doubt i'd actually give anyone to start with a cthulhu mythos score I, do you ever find yourself thinking i mean this is something that's occurred to me that particularly when you're dealing with players who have played a lot of call of cthulhu before and you know they're starting a new campaign and you know they're, they're, they're back to the stage of thinking right you know my character doesn't know what a biaki or a d1 is or anything like that but sometimes you know starting with that in a new campaign can be a bit artificial it depends on the campaign to be honest um I know that there was one instance where we played, I think I mentioned this in another, um, in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast, it was back at Continuum a few years back, uh, where we were playing a Hearts and Minds Vietnam uh, game, where the soldiers had gone into a town to perform a Hearts and Minds operation, mm-hmm. trying to win over the local, uh, the local populace. And there was a school teacher in there that was gradually providing the soldiers hints as to the various things that unsavory characters were doing in town. Things like, oh, this this fellow has lots of books that he stores. So riffs off the player's knowledge. Oh, he's, he's got lots of books, therefore he's a cultist. These are all going to be Cthulhu mythos uh, tomes, etc., etc. No, they're basically ledgers of all the debts that he's um, that people owe him in town that he's effectively a loan shark. Hmm. And another one that, oh, yeah, this other person just stores these weird objects, these weird relics, and so forth in their, in their attic. Again, they're, they're obviously a sorcerer. They've got this, they've got this soapstone statue of Cthulhu. No, it's actually basically local produce and art that he sells on the black market, trying to to make money on the side. So again, you can play play around with people's perceptions, yes, and you can throw them wild red herrings like that, and then all of a sudden, from a tangent, throw something real at them in terms of real and inverted commas. That is of a real mythos encounter. Yeah, I, I remember Malcolm Craig telling me a very similar story some time back where um, he was running a game where there were a group of fairly uh, typical Cthulhu investigators running around trying to uh, uncover a group of cultists somewhere in Surrey, I think. And yeah, it was a 1920s scenario. And, and uh, at the same time, there was another group of NPC investigators who were Orthodox Jews who were going around. And um, Malcolm had described you know, them seeing these bearded figures at some stage and stuff like that. And the, the, the player characters just immediately decided that because they looked a bit funny they must be cultists mm. or they, they didn't look like the other people around there so yeah uh, and so you know went off and and just you know committed a hate crime mm-hmm. <laughs> dear dear so what happens when you go up against the Amish mafia yeah. Paul is there anything you'd like to add to that yeah I think it is interesting to give for the keepers to give um, the players a starting value in their Cthulhu Mythos skill uh, normally that is done at the keeper's discretion. In the new 7th Ed rules, in the player's book, in the starting packages, uh, you can kind of take uh, a background of, say, that you were in the war, uh, that you were a soldier, that you've got medical background. And one of the um, other starting packages, if you like, is a mythos one. So you can take, I can't remember, maybe D10 points of... Um, Cthulhu Mythos skill, um, and you get some downside to that, but you can have had a background already in investigating the mythos. Um, 
I think it's quite a useful thing sometimes, particularly if somebody's if the player is well versed in the Cthulhu mythos, mm. to give them some Cthulhu mythos points. It kind of gives them license to use their knowledge in the game, and they don't have to um, act ignorant from the outset. They can, you know, they can use their in they can use their character, their player knowledge um, through the character. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's quite nice. Um, I, certainly, you know, for one-shots and so on, I, I'm, I'm quite happy playing a wide range of characters. But, you know, if I were embarking on you know, a, a new campaign and it would be, you know, yet another case of I, I have to, you know, sit here and pretend I don't understand any of these things going on around me when you know, I patently, you know, do, it's, uh, it's a bit frustrating sometimes. Yeah, I mean, either way it can be fun, but it has the option. We just have to do a meager operation on you each time you sit down at the game table, remove that little part of your brain that knows too much. Yes. Or drink, drink more white Russians. Is, is there any problem in life that cannot be solved with white Russians? Apart from, say, liver failure? <laughs> with 7th edition, Paul, uh, there are some new aspects to the Cthulhu Mythos, or at least one major one. Um, do, do, do you want to explain how that works? Yeah, the new rule is an optional one because some people may like it and some people may not. Uh, it allows for player characters, investigators, to use their Cthulhu Mythos skill in a creative way. Uh, so, in the same way that player characters may learn spells, if they have some Cthulhu Mythos knowledge skill, but they don't actually have the spell they need, they can try to apply that, that knowledge to gain some real-world effect, um, or some in-game world effect, I should say. Um, so, uh, yeah. Sorry, I found myself thinking of Dark Dungeons there for a moment. (laughs) So, uh, they can, um, there may be something they wish to try and achieve, and, uh, much like one might imagine a, uh, you know, one of the the, the cultists or the wizards might, might do, uh, you know, these spells didn't kind of manifest, you know, just out of thin air. These, they would have had to have been developed by, usually um, humans, um, for some reason. Uh, And presumably they were, you know, done by people with Cthulhu Mythos knowledge and kind of codified in the form of a spell. Well, these are just spells that aren't codified. I can think of one example using the uh, Dark Dungeon analogies. He brought it up. Resurrect Blackleaf! So yeah, I mean, what 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 examples have come up in play from doing this? Uh, I think there was one time early on when um, yourself, Scott, and Robin were uh, in a scenario many years ago, uh, and you went into the, the creepy old house, and the occupant of the house was, had vanished um, to, to where we didn't know. Oh, they, they, this was the first ever seventh ed playtest, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, this was many years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, we were just kind of doing it on the fly, as I recall. Yeah. Much. And uh, I think there was a tome, or there was some kind of clue in there, and your character particularly had, had chosen, you you had chosen for them to have Cthulhu Mythos yes. skills, so they maybe already got 15% Cthulhu Mythos or some such uh, score. And you were an academic who had already done investigations into the mythos and you had read tomes and so on. Yes. Um, and uh, in the old house, I remember you were in an upstairs 
vacant bedroom and you picked up the, the MacGuffin, whatever it was, and you started to try and kind of call upon your knowledge of, of the mythos to try and get some insight as to what had happened in the room. Yeah. Oh, di- yes. Some form yeah. of divination to yeah. try and tell what had happened there or where the person was to see if you could get any connection, almost like a, a psychic would. Yeah. And, yeah, you failed, so really kind of nothing much happened. So you decided to, and I don't know if we called it this at the time, but you decided to push the skill. Yes. And yet again you failed. And and that's I think in the old days we might even yeah. have that happen once, maybe a couple of times, but yeah. essentially you pushed it and you failed, and I remember something started rattling in the chimney, and you'd, you'd kind of, whether you'd bought something through a portal or you'd just kind of stirred something that was latent and hiding in the house, yeah. but you'd allowed, you'd kind of opened up something that had come through, and I think it was a, some kind of gripply monster that Yeah, some kind of spider thing came out yeah, of that. Yeah, that's what yeah, I've got yeah. Yes. Yeah, because that, that's right, and that, that early version of... Um, yeah, you you could push many many times, but the state if the state got escalatingly, you know, it got significantly worse every time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you could do it multiple times exactly, um, and then we kind of codified that to just yeah. you roll once, nothing happens. You roll a second time, something bad happens. Yes, yeah. Another time was in um, in one of the campaigns with you, Matt, uh, that I was running. And you had some magical stone tablets. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember this. Uh, but I can't quite remember how you'd got them, but it wasn't the orthodox manner that's written in the scenario. But I decided that, oh, you went to Iraq or somewhere and got was it. a dig. We, we decided there must be some way of being trying to stop this. There must be some kind of ritual to help put the, the thing back in its box. Yeah. Um, without giving the game away as to what scenario it is in case, because it's a fairly big spoiler. <laughs> and... and um, you, but you hadn't gained the knowledge of how to use these tablets. No, definitely not. If, if I remember right, we actually picked them up in the scenario before said Ribbly Awakes, rather yeah, than... Yeah, they're supposed yeah. to be in a, um, a kind of an epilogue, of a, sort of a later um, chapter after everything's kind of... after the main campaign is finished. Um, and I, it seemed a bit of a damp squib, really, that nothing was going to happen with these tablets. And... Yeah, I think it was your character, Matt, that you decided you wanted to try and get something from the tablets. You wanted to see if you could connect with them to try and commune with them in some way. Yeah, look at their past to see how they've been used. Your character got a amount of Cthulhu Mythos skill, surprisingly. It's a character of mine. I don't know what you're talking about. I resemble this remark. But yes. Can you remember what happened? I, this was, I think, again, linking back to a moment of insane, um, a moment of insanity in which um, I connected with these and just saw lots and lots and lots of blood. I think the blood, you were holding the tablet mm-hmm. and you, you tried to do it. And I, I guess this is the point about the spontaneous Cthulhu mythos knowledge skill. You said, can we try and do something with tablets? You know, can I concentrate on them? Can I call mm-hmm. forth some uh, knowledge of them? And you, I allowed you to make a Cthulhu mythos skill and you failed. So nothing, no, they're just dull stone tablets, nothing's happening. So you said, can I push it? And I said, well, how would you push it? And you said, well, I'm just going to, you know, really focus on them, really give it all my concentration, just try and pour everything into these tablets. First of blood vessel. <laughs> well, at that point, I don't think you knew that. I, I think that was that was the consequence, because you yeah. then rolled and failed, and that was my chance to sort of say, even though you failed, 
it's now the ball's in my court. I can have something happen as keeper. It's not necessarily going to go your way, but <laughs> I figured you should get some knowledge from them. But at a, a, a physical damage cost, and you started losing hit points as, as your fingers and hands started to blister and blood started to pour from your hands into the tablets and started forming letters on the on the mm. tablets, and you Tab- had to ask questions and get answers. Yeah, annoyingly enough, not just enough to read it. Yeah, so they had to go fill jerry cans full of slaughtered. Uh, Got cow's blood oh, from memory. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's where the jerry cans of blood walking uh, into the library carrying these, other uh, museum carrying these things. If, Everyone else thought I was looking perfectly normal. If you listen to enough episodes of the show, all the anecdotes begin to tie together. <laughs> You'll correlate the contents eventually. Yes. Don't do it though, don't do it. Nah, we'll, ne- we'll never explain about mammals, mammals, don't worry. We'll leave that for Scott. Even no. I don't know about the mammals. <laughs> You're better off that way. <laughs> And one day I'll get to the bottom of why the king in yellow couldn't kick that door open. <laughs> don't go on about that again. Oh, fuming <laughs> hatred. You, you had to ask. You had to ask. <laughs> it, it occurs to me, Cthulhu Mythos skill has to start at zero. Tell Mr. Lovecraft that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him that in Mountains of Madness. Tell him that in... Um, the Dunwich Horror. Uh, yeah, and um, The Haunter of the Dark. Yes. Uh, All name, those. Nameless the, City as well, I the believe. Protagonist. Oh, yeah, I've read like Necronomicon and. Uh, I'm still employable. Colson and, you know, all, the, all these books. I'm fine. What's your problem? <laughs> yeah. Let's get on with the story. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it gives them. I mean, it gives them the information they need to interact in an interesting way with the elements of the story and to realise the true horror of their predicament and go with mm. them. Yeah. Although certain in certain instances, though, there are things that are left completely unexplained and probably to some extent work better. I mean, think of Colour Out of Space. You have no yes. idea what that yeah. thing's doing. None of the characters have any clue whatsoever. It just it comes there, it does what it does, and it leaves. No one is none the wiser. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it doesn't. You don't have the characters don't have to have knowledge of it. But in a number of stories, you know, they are well versed in, in the Cthulhu mythos. True. Yeah. Yes, as often as not in Lovecraft stories. Mm. So, I mean, with this this you know additional facet to um, the Cthulhu Mythos skill, does this tie in any way um, with the existing uh, uh, magic mechanics? And you've talked about it being sort of proto spells. Um, do, does it tie in at all with the casting of spells, or you know, yeah, have you chance to, to um, shape the spells <clears> up a bit? I mean, it ties in with spells in that spontaneous use of Cthulhu Mythos skill, if you choose to use it, is a kind of a, an improvised spell use, um, and it's up to the keeper to kind of pitch, um, to choose an appropriate kind of parallel kind of spell to sort of gauge the number of um, magic points and sanity points that would be required for its use. Um, in that way, I guess it's partly inspired by um, Ars Magica. Uh, mm. In the Ars Magica, it's your uh, major I've got a body of um, formulaic spells, and then they can also use their their various knowledges to, um, to to make spontaneous magic, which is slightly less powerful usually, but more versatile, <laughs> but very versatile. Yeah. Yeah, similar concept in Mage, from which they later developed yeah. after Ars Magica, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it seemed only natural that wizards would have that power, and what would they use? They'd use Cthulhu Mythos. 
The Cthulhu Mythos skill, or at least the new facets of it in the 7th edition, also tie in somewhat to the magic system. Um, if I remember correctly, you've got these um, deeper aspects to spells, these deeper levels. So, for example, you know, if you had a, a spell like Shriveling that you know caused someone's flesh to wither away a bit, um, you, the, the deeper level you know might you know not require line of sight, or might not require, or, or might you know do a lot more damage or something like that. Yeah, a, a more uh, a greater effect from yes. the spell. And that is unlocked by, I mean, these spells are, as we talked about earlier, the spell is kind of a codified thing that you've read in a book. Um, but it's a kind of a living thing as well, so it can, it can change and develop just as one's skill in doing any, performing any task with, with experience, you may um, develop and uh, get better at it. So whilst a, an investigator is insane, because we figure that, Whilst you're insane, your mind is more open to the, the, the possibilities. You're not kind of held back by that kind of human sanity and that human grasp of reality. When an, investigate, an insane investigator successfully casts a spell, they get to roll D100, and if they roll below their Cthulhu Mythos skill, they've unlocked some deeper level of the spell. And within the Grimoire in 7th edition, there are various deeper levels of spells listed alongside the, the spells, or possibly the keeper, you know, can make up some some uh, some greater effect of their own. Cool. Yeah. It may cost more magic points. It may not. It may cost less magic points. Uh, it may, you know, increase the range of a spell. It may increase the effect of a spell. It may add some new dimension to it. Um, but it basically develops its way. It may make it a less desirable spell for the player to use. It may make it more horrific. Is there any way of going interestingly then? Is there any way of going back after that's been achieved? Or is it a case of you've discovered the horror behind it, you can't get that out of your mind now? Yeah, I've I've actually got the text in front of me at the moment. Um, And uh, it says, once the deeper version of a spell is discovered, it remains available thereafter, which implies that... You can choose to use that or not. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's available to you. It's, it's not the only version you can cast. Yeah, mm-hmm. which which sort of makes sense. Yeah, but but yeah, I can imagine a, a particularly cruel keeper saying, "Yeah, right, no, that's it. You know, every time you cast it from now on, you get the really horrific version." Mm-hmm. And I think that would be entirely in keeping. Yeah, from the nuppets, you harshing players, Scott, tell me, isn't so? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a horror game, Dan. <laughs> And as far as uh, monsters and uh, NPC cultists and wizards and so on go, the keeper can pick, you know, whichever version they feel is appropriate for the for that character or monster. Mm. Circling back for a moment, uh, one thing we we sort of hinted at but didn't necessarily go into any detail about um, is, you know, obviously you can push the Cthulhu Mythos skill the way you can push any other skill. But you know, again, you know, as as you mentioned before, you get you know, worse effects um, for for failing that second roll. Um, you, you mentioned the one with the spiders coming out of the chimney. Can, can you think of any other examples? Um, well, I think going back to the example of you found some slime, you know, you go into uh, the professor's study and the window's smashed open as if some huge form has burst through it. Uh, there's his dead body. It's been eviscerated and there's some strange green slime on the floor around him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want to try and can I tell what that is? Give me a Cthulhu Mythos 
it will have failed it. Uh, I want to push that skill. Well, how are you doing that? Well, the obvious thing would be I'm, you know, I'm getting down. What are you doing, Matt? Yeah, putting my finger in it, having a sniff, probably losing my finger in the process. <laughs> well, yeah. So you're you're getting you're actually getting in contact with it. So now you make exclude a mythos skill roll, um, and if you're failing it, then yeah, you, you didn't actually mean to touch it on your lip when you held <laughs> it to your nose, but, or, or, you know, so the, the, so you've actually ingested some of it, or the smell of it is so strong it kind of gives you uh, visions that are, you know, horrific. Yes, you can, um, you can suddenly see into at least five dimensions you couldn't <laughs> see in <two> before. <laughs> or, or you just slip over on the stuff and whack your head on the desk, as yeah. mundane as that. You, know? you stick your finger into it and raise it up and find it's, it's just in time to see it slowly disappearing to the pores of your skin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember, hang on a minute, the trailer shog off leaves. Ah! As it just melts away the finger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and these things, it, up to that point, the keeper might have just judged it to be some uh, just mun- well, not mundane, but just some green slime that didn't really do anything. But there would be a clue as to the nature of the creature that was there. Yeah. But when the player pushes that roll to find out what it is, if they fail it, that's the impetus for the that that's kind of giving the the keeper license and. Uh, Pushing them to make it more horrific. Yeah, I mean that. That yeah, we we t- we've talked about the pushing mechanic a few times before, but that I think is one of the really neat aspects of it. The fact that you know it, it you know going going back to my comment before about this is a horror game. Damn it! Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it it gives the keeper a chance to legitimately you know escalate the horror. It's the moment in the horror film where they go down in the cellar, even though you're saying, "My God, why are you doing that? That's stupid! Don't stick your finger in the green slime, Matt." <laughs> So, if I had a penny for every time I'd heard someone say that, <laughs> I do think he gives me survival points or bennies, depending on what other game we're playing. But mental note: whenever playing a game with Scott, don't push rolls; just burn shed loads of luck. Safer that way. You don't get any survival points in court for doing that. Ah. So there's a section in the book entitled "You Know How Do Sorcerers Get That Way," which ties in with the idea of Cthulhu mythos and sanity. Do you, uh, can can you elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, I've revised that section. Uh, it's always a, a section that's intrigued me, um, particularly with cultists on zero sanity and how they operate in the world, because somebody on zero sanity would be, um, how would they function in the world? Because if your investigator reaches zero sanity, the perception is that they, they've totally slid off the, the coil of sanity, you know, they're locked up in a sanitarium or they're just raving at pigeons in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, but but how do the, the cultists with zero sanity in many of the books seem to be um, often wise, inspiring characters to their to their followers. Hyper intelligent. Very intelligent, very erudite, very able to exist in, in sort of mundane society. Yeah, they, they, they maintain a very strong mask of sanity that they can present to the mundane world. Yeah. So going back to what I said about the Cthulhu Mythos skill being representing a kind of a, a view through the veil into the world, the real world in, in the fiction of the Cthulhu Mythos, um, when the cultist, the cultist through his kind of experiences is, is, has his sanity driven down and his Cthulhu mythos knowledge driven up. At some point, he is going to lose all of his sanity 
Um, this may be through, you know, rituals and seeing a god. It may be through reading tomes, whatever. But at some point, he comes to that that point. Now, for that point, for a normal person, if they're driven insane, then yes, they are just insane, as as we understand it. But for a cultist, they, um, I see it as a kind of a, a fork in the path. It's almost like uh, the Buddha reaching enlightenment. Hmm. Um, that they they kind of see a different version of reality, and they're able to seize that version of reality and function within it. For the cultist, when they reach zero sanity, it's like they're able to give up all their worldly uh, understandings and their worldly trouble and their 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 reliance on that perception of reality. They still remember what it was, but that's no longer their thing anymore. They've kind of transcended that, and they've got their Cthulhu mythos knowledge percentage and that kind of almost takes place of their sanity they're kind of leaning mm. on that now they're not leaning on their human sanity anymore that that's of no meaning to them yeah that's neat it reminds me also very much of how an adept becomes an adept in unknown armies in the sense that when they reach five failed notches in one particular area that they suddenly push through that moment of insanity and they come back out the other side with a reforged soul that can practice magic within a limited paradigm yeah, well, it's, it's the fact that they've, they've established a new kind of mental paradigm based yeah, around this, this, this insane you know, view of, 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 uh, of their obsession. Hmm. And yeah, yes, yeah it's a new worldview. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And one that is inherently real. It's not a delusional worldview. It's almost the human sanity, if we take the, the, the mythos as the real thing, it's almost the human sanity, which is the, the delusional perception of reality. Yes, and they've actually okay. voided their mind of that, which is why I sort of parallel it to the the kind of the Buddha sit beneath the tree, kind of reaching enlightenment. He's kind of, um, you know, he's transcended the understanding. Oh, I mean, in this case, the Bodhi tree has tentacles. Indeed, <laughs> it did it along. You just didn't think they were moving. <laughs> so once again, it seems like you know, with seventh edition, we fundamentally got the same old game that we had before, but just with a few new wrinkles. Um, a, a, a few, a, a few new approaches that you can try out with your, your players, uh, yeah. and ways of splicing the game up a bit and keeping it fresh. Uh, for <laughs> for all of us who've been playing it for thirty odd years, indeed. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, pretty much a good, good summary. <laughs> I'm not, sure, not sure about your wrinkles, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just what he loves whenever he looks in the mirror. Yeah. The young whippersnapper in the corner here doesn't have that problem yet. Okay, well, now you've turned 30. You had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Man on the mountain. Yes, yeah, oh, Matt, Matt turned 30 last week, so, yeah, we, he's, he's no longer the kid. <laughs> Dear. I'll keep calling you dad, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's let's wrap it up there, then, on, on that happy note. Yeah, it's very cheery. Yeah, yeah. should we just mention um, we've got the, the Google Plus group? Yes, the community. Uh, yes. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Search for the good friends of Jackson Elias on Google Plus, and you'll find our community there. Mm -hmm. um, it's open to all comers. We we talk about uh, episodes as they're released. So, um, but it, it, we've also got a little forum on there, or a subject on there, uh, whereby you can suggest episode topics to us. So, you know, sooner or later we're going to run out of ideas. So, if there's anything you want us to hear, oh, okay, we, to talk about. We, we will also have a Facebook page. Yes, we will. Yeah. Yes, you've been promising that for what three months now, Paul. We've been going three months. Time is <laughs> time is relative. <laughs> I 
and Facebook even more so. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, um, do we have a presence on Twitter now? <laughs> Does anyone actually use Twitter? Yes, I think yeah. a lot of people do, man. Yeah, just not just, us. just, just not yeah. the three of us. Yeah. You see, when you turn thirty. Yeah, that's, that's when you start being Luddite. Like, does anybody use this newfangled Twitter rubbish? <laughs> I'm still on XP. What? I still can't. I still can't grab anything about that. So, so I, the answer to that is, I think Paul publishes some of his Facebook updates to Twitter automatically, so you may be able to follow those, but don't count on it. It can do that. Yeah. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. Well. Wow. Yes. Yes. It, does. it, it can. Yeah. Well. Amazing magical things can be achieved now. <laughs> So yeah, we know what I, we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, on, on that appropriately confused note, <laughs> let's um, let's say goodbye. Yeah, till next time. We've been the good friends of Jackson Elias, and I bid you good night. Cheerio and farewell. Thank you.